Welcome to Medical Matters Weekly with Dr. Trey Dobson, presented by Southwestern Vermont Healthcare and Catamount Access Television. Welcome, everyone. Today is December 22nd, 2021. So we are recording for a future broadcast. I'm Trey Dobson, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health. And this is Medical Matters Weekly. It's a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. My guest today is Lorna Mattern, the Executive Director for United Counseling Services here in Bennington. And she actually has a dog with her or in the background somewhere. Is that right, Lorna? I do. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me, Trey. He's right next to me. I'm petting him and keeping him happy. What kind of dog? We're going to just talk about dogs the whole time, I think. Oh, sure. Because you have two beautiful dogs. Uh, well, I have no idea what kind of dog it is. It's the classic mutt, but um, he's you know nice blonde little puppy. He's about eight months old, and we adopted him from Lucky Puppy Rescue in Argyle, New York. Wow. When? When did you get him? A week ago, Monday. Great. Oh, that's so exciting. So you joined UCS in around 1990, according to my notes here, uh, yep. and became the director of the Youth and Family Service Division around 2004. And yep. then finally in the executive director in 2016. I actually can't believe it's been that long. I know. I can't either, actually. Um, you're, you have several things listed here on your bio, but you hold a bachelor's degree in rehabilitation and counseling and a master's of education. Is that what that is? In rehabilitation and counseling and a certificate of advanced graduate study, not just graduate study, but advanced graduate study in yes. psychology. That is true. And as my mother would say, the advanced graduate study is meaningless because it's really <laughs> between, you know, it's between a master's and a doctorate, but it really doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> well, it got you, you know, personally some things, maybe. Personally. That's right. Well, let's, so we just went over that history a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about your background so the audience uh, can know who you are, uh, where you grew up, and how you ended up here. Sure. So I was born in New Jersey, uh, but grew up in Massachusetts outside of Springfield in Wilbraham, the home of Friendly Ice Cream. Uh, and of course, I did work at Friendly Ice Cream because I think that's a requirement when you grow up in Wilbraham. Uh, went to Springfield College and uh, went to Springfield College for all of those years. I was lucky enough where my father was the registrar there, so we had some tuition exchange programs. So I was uh, very fortunate not to have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, of student loans, which was fantastic. And um, in 1990, I went quit my job, went cross country uh, with uh, my then boyfriend who became my husband, who's now I'm divorced from. That's a whole other story. And um, when I came back home after the long trip, I uh, saw the job for a manager for a therapeutic foster care program, which was new at United Counseling Service and applied for that, got the job and moved up here and he summarized the, the rest of it. What were you doing when you were crossing the country? Were you uh, hiking? Oh, we, things we were um, hiking. We were we were backpacking, uh, tenting the whole time uh, for two about two months. Uh, California went down south first to California, and then up and over uh, the northern part of the country and back home. It was fantastic. And then ended up in in Bennington eventually. And then ended up in Bennington. Yeah. One, one more question on your dad. You said he was a registrar. What, yes. what does a registrar actually do? I've always wondered that. 
Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, so he uh, did all the scheduling for all the classes, all the registration for the classes, oversaw student transcripts, uh, and I'm sure many other things that I um, have no idea about. Right. And um, he actually created a summer program uh, where, where a lot of co colleges do that now, where you have in the summer, you rent out the dorms to certain groups of people that come and do like a week of class or whatever. And, and that's something that he created for the college as well. So, you know, kind of all around good guy. Well, that's what, it's what the name registrar sounds like. I just uh, really didn't know what they actually, actually did. So, yeah. so how did you get attracted uh, to working it with, with children and families? Uh, what, what got your interest level peaked? Uh, well, that's um, the cliche answer is I've always liked to work with people and help right. people. Um, like many young girls, I wanted to, I think I wanted to be a vet and a, or a psychiatrist and um, none of which I was good at doing like the biology chemistry part of it. So uh, I kind of switched that around. Um, I actually had wanted to become a child life specialist and working with kids in um, pediatrics in the hospital. And I luckily had an internship opportunity to do that, which I think every college kid, if you have an opportunity to do an internship, you just have to, mm -hmm. because what it helped me understand is that I just didn't, couldn't do it. I, you like, know, I seeing kids who are really sick um, in the hospital, it just, um, it was rewarding and wonderful, but it was something that I just wasn't able to feel um, like that was for me. Sure. And uh, then I kind of stumbled on working with adolescents in another internship in Springfield, Massachusetts, started working in a shelter for adolescents and uh, found that I really loved it, loved adolescents. Uh, I think they're a great group of people and still still do. And so I just kind of uh, stayed there and, and stayed working with kids for my career. More power to you, uh, because just as much as you love that and clearly have a passion uh, and are compassionate for for that group, there's others that uh, do not have that, and therefore, like you said, should probably do those internships. That's right. Um, I I know I know what you mean. I um I know many people that have been really excited about a profession and fortunately had the opportunity to kind of try it out before they committed and realized it wasn't wasn't for them. Uh, but mm -hmm. typically something related. So, so tell us a little bit then about the history of United Counseling Services. So United Counseling Services is about 65 years old. We have our 65th anniversary next, next year. It actually started with a couple of therapists within Bennington coming together to create United Counseling Service. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a, just four therapist starting out with, you know, like a budget of, I don't know, probably $12,000, 65 years ago. And um, it started to grow over time. And uh, in the 60s, when uh, Kennedy uh, brought forth the Mental Health Act, uh, became a community mental health center, and it grew a little further. And then about 25 years ago, the designated agency system was created in Vermont, which created a system of care for mental health, substance use, and so forth across the entire state. And so we are, we are a designated agency, and we are essentially designated by the state of Vermont to provide the services on their behalf. So we're not state employees, but we do contract with them to provide the services that we provide. And those services are really wide ranging. I think unless you... Um, 
either work at UCS or, or get services at UCS. I don't think folks really generally know how wide ranging those services are. Um, but we have 16 facilities across Bennington County uh, and working with uh, from zero birth, six weeks to death. Um, similar, I suppose, to the hospital, right? Right, right. And um, <clears throat> we have facilities that obviously we see kids and adults, uh, mental health, developmental services. We have a Head Start and Early Head Start programs, um, emergency services, crisis stabilization. And we also have four group homes that we provide 24-7 care, three of which are for uh, folks with a developmental disability, and one is for folks with um, chronic and persistent mental illness. And so we provide 24-7 care uh, to those folks. And then we also have a, uh, an apartment in North Bennington, which actually uh, provides independent living opportunities for people with an, uh, with an intellectual and developmental disability. So it's quite wide ranging. Right, I, I remember several years ago, but when I first learned that there were 16 locations, I just thought, where? Because I just know the <laughs> one location. I think that's what most of the community knows. How many, that's roughly, how many staff do you have in the system? Well, when we're fully staffed, we have about 300. Uh, but like everybody else, we're in the staffing crunch, and we have about 278, 79 right now. Wow. Okay. So, so for folks out there in the audience who were just starting to say, well, I know of UCS, but I didn't know they did all those things. I didn't know they were that big. Um, how, how, what would you say to them about outreach from UCS and, and trying to get information out about the services? Because I'm sure that many people in the audience have family members or friends or even themselves that are in need of some type of mental health services. Sure. And actually, statistically, one in five people um, have uh, a time in their life where they have a mental health issue. Uh, so the likelihood that somebody in your family will have a substance abuse issue or a mental health issue is pretty high, uh, particularly these days when we're all living through a collective trauma around the pandemic, that we know that there's an increase in um, depression and anxiety and substance use at the moment. Um, certainly, I think that people don't know how to access mental health and substance use services until uh, they really need to. And then that's a really hard time to know how to navigate it because you're already stressed. Um, and so kind of figuring out how do you navigate the system and who do I call could be really pretty daunting. Um, I, I, when I was thinking about uh, that question, I remembered a time for myself when my son Henry was um, in the uh, ICU in Albany Med, uh, and we were waiting to hear about diagnosis and what was happening. And he was in Albany Med for about 10 days. And I suddenly became somebody who had <laughs> like no education, no, like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the questions to ask. Um, and so anybody who's in a mental health crisis is going to be in that same situation. So you kind of just don't know how to access until you really have to. And even then you need help. So um, the first thing I would do if anybody's even questioning whether or not they need help is just give UCS a call, um, which I'm going to throw out the number if you don't mind is 442-5491. Uh, and 
what I often say to people is that you don't have to figure out what it is that you need. We can help you figure out what you need. It's very much like physical health. Something's not quite right. You go see your doctor, you and your doctor talk it through, figure out a treatment plan and then move forward with that treatment plan. And it's very similar when you're talking about health of your um, psyche and emotional health. It's working with a professional uh, to identify what it is that you might need and working to get together to get it. Um, but we have a, a same day access um, and universal access. So people call the phone number, uh, they just get in touch with universal access and uh, they can help you kind of navigate and kind of figure out what it is that is uh, necessary um, and how to, uh, and help you navigate. You mentioned um, it, that mental health can be like medical health. And um, it's remarkable to me doing this show of all the different uh, agencies and individuals that come on and recognizing we all know each other because we all interact. So uh, that, that community feel we're dependent on one another, right? And, and I think that's so important. Uh, and it's just a theme that keeps coming up, uh, whether we're talking about PAVE services or yes. uh, the Vermont Food Bank and, and Hungry Vermont and others, and so important. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a website as well, I assume, so people can sort of navigate through there a little bit, to try to point and understand what they need to do next. Absolutely. Uh, again, www.ucsbt.org. I uh, certainly can go through and you can um, look at a, look at our services that we have to provide. Um, anybody who's looking for a job in this area, we have our job listings. It's a, it's a great, it's a pretty dynamic, I think, website. We're actually um, going through a process of updating it and making sure that it's accessible to uh, people who might have some uh, visual impairments or hearing impairments as well. But uh, folks should definitely check it out. For, for the audience who have not interacted with United Counseling Services or don't really know one, know anyone there, um, I can just tell you firsthand, the staff are incredibly remarkable. They have mm -hmm. a, a love for what they do. They maintain uh, compassion and, you know, they don't always have the answer. We can't have immediate answers, but they will stick with you. Uh, to get those answers and get you in the right place. In fact, the organization is is well known for its worksite wellness uh, distinctions. What makes the staff wellness such a priority for you? Well, I think, um, you know, again, maybe a little cliche, we have to take care of the people that take care of others, right? Okay. And um, I think, um, we value that at UCS. We value that our, our folks are engaged in um, activities like this, particularly now with the pandemic. I think it's more than just self-care. Um, as I mentioned, you know, it's really going through a collective trauma. And so self-care isn't enough. So sure, you can go and get a massage and that's fantastic. I think my dog, my dog's munching a bone now. Sorry about that. Oh, you know um, what? Your dog hasn't had enough attention from us. That's why I'm <laughs> checking it out. Yes, we know you are there. We know you are there. Thank okay. you. That'll make him feel good. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, the massage is great, but really it's something that you do every day. And so part of it is helping staff who um, get really, you know, get stressed out, are thinking about how they care for other people, are worried about their own communities, and helping them to know that they really have to put themselves first 
If you take the airplane analogy, when the oxygen comes down, put it on your face first and before you do it, anybody else. But we often forget that. Um, particularly again, now, I think more and more people are saying, I just don't have time. I just don't have time. Uh, but you have to carve out that time. And I know I feel better when I make sure that I prioritize that time. Um, so UCS knows that too. And we have a great worksite wellness program um, and staff all contribute to that program. And we just want to make sure that things are available. We do notice that not as many folks are participating because of that. I just don't have time thing, but we continue to make simple things like meditation available. We created a, what we call a Zen den at work. So we have one of the offices that is just this quiet space where you can listen to music, you could do yoga, um, but we just, just keep reiterating the importance of, of doing that. That's excellent. You know, uh, when I think about wellness in an organization, uh, I think about different stages, almost like Cooler Ross type stages. But mm. the, the first is uh, denial by the organization. Then the second is really gaining some awareness that it exists. Yeah. Uh, then they develop the progressive uh, take that you have, and that's providing those services. But I think where we eventually need to go is we have the expectations that you will participate in these because it is for your own individual well-being and then eventually right. the well-being of the, of the organization. So that's we're, right. we're all almost there. Yeah. Um, you also, you've accomplished a lot in the, in the few years, I guess, since 2016 now. Tell us a little bit about the Spring Center. Oh, the Spring Center is fantastic. It's, um, it's a public-private partnership with the town. So uh, we are on town property at the rec center. Um, doing the classic, you know, $1 a year rent for the land use for the next, I think it's 99 years. And uh, so we worked together with the town to create this, what I think is just this great opportunity for Head Start and Early Head Start to be in the middle of town. Uh, you know, we've had a Head Start program in North Bennington for many, many years, but primarily the population of Bennington that is, uh, um, eligible for Head Start services is like within a mile of uh, the rec center. So it really made sense to, to be there. We were able to build um, an, about an 11,000 square foot building uh, using federal dollars, uh, grants and so forth. Uh, we don't have a mortgage, uh, which is unbelievable, uh, but it's really, it's our federal dollars, tax dollars that are actually came back into our own community through Head Start. And um, so now we're providing early Head Start and uh, Head Start programming and um, sharing some spaces with the rec center. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a great accomplishment. Betsy Rathbun-Gan, who's the um, director of early childhood services um, has been the primary driver to that. I used to, I just say to her like, you know, just come to me and I say yes. And then I get out of the way because then folks, hello. And then folks really just do what they need to do. If you just join us, uh, my guest today is Lorna Mattern, as well as her dog, who is barking and chewing the bone. And that's what you're hearing. And it's awesome. Um, tell us a little <laughs> bit about- I'm glad you think so. <laughs> oh, definitely. I wish, I, I wish my dogs were with me now. They just get a little too rambunctious because they don't know what to do. Um, tell me a little bit about the priorities for yourself and for the organization uh, in the upcoming year. 
Well, uh, that's great. One of our priorities is really um, the staffing, staff engagement, uh, compensation. Uh, we've, you know, we finally got to a minimum of $15 an hour for starting pay for certain uh, um, positions, and we're already behind. Right. 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 So right. everybody's um, getting their pay up. We were fe feeling pretty good about that. And then suddenly we're behind um, turnover and, you know, we're in the great re uh, resignation. People are resigning. Uh, we are hiring people, which is great. Um, really just concentrating one of the priorities, just really concentrating on staff, staff engagement, uh, staff retention. The other thing is um, we are um, committed to becoming what's called the CCBHC, which is a certified uh, behavioral health center, which is very similar to an FQHC, um, which is a federally qualified health center, but for mental health and substance use. So we're hoping to um, SAMHSA for a grant to drop any day now, and we'll apply for that grant, which will help us um, do some of those things like staff retention and look at gaps of service within the community. And we'll have some extra funding to be able to deal with those gaps. Um, and then the other thing is, is, is uh, really continuing to advocate with the legislature around funding. Um, you know, mental health and physical health are uh, interchangeable. They, you know, our bodies are connected, our minds and our psyche are connected and, uh, and yet physical health has um, long been prioritized, um, not only with um, funding and legislation, but, you know, just uh, in general, people are kind of, you know, the stigma around mental health uh, kind of keeps it out over there. The, I guess the silver lining of um, COVID is that mental health and substance use has been kind of brought to the forefront. Right, right. I, um, I specifically asked what are your priorities and not what are your goals because uh, you know, all of us, whether we're in business, education or healthcare, we're having trouble coming up with goals right now because we're really just trying to survive and, and, and yes. maintain. Um, so prioritization is sort of the, what I see is the buzzwords for the pandemic right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we can start looking more forward to advancing uh, once we can get more stabilized, which I do believe is going to occur, you know, just past the spring of 2022. And we can finally start looking at initiatives and putting uh, much more attention on them. Tell us, uh, um, as we close here, share a, a success story of any type that you, you may have thought of either personally or from the organization. So I think for a success story for you, I think that we, we've done just incredibly well navigating through the pandemic. And when we first had to go remote, um, we were able to do it swiftly and uh, without skipping a beat, with being able to continue to provide good service to the community. Um, and we're continuing to remain agile and, and moving the way that we need to move in order to respond. So we're in the middle of creating what we're calling FAST, which is find access to service and treatment. And um, we're just finding it really hard to really keep up with, with people um, needing services. We've um, had about 135% increase in people calling for service. 
and about a 70% increase in people um, accessing our emergency services uh, team. So uh, we're kind of looking at it a different way of getting people in the door, same day they can walk in, um, get a get a service, not just an assessment. But I, I um, want to say uh, as we close here that just personally and and from my colleagues here uh, on our medical staff and nursing staff at, at Southwest Vermont Medical Center, um, we so much appreciate everything you and your whole team, uh, all of your employees do. Um, we so much appreciate working together. We know it's the right thing for the community uh, and among other service organizations. And, and, and I know moving forward, that's just going to grow tighter and tighter. So uh, I'll thank uh, Lorna Mattern, our guest today from United Counseling Services, Mike Cutler from CAT TV, Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare, and Ashley Jallett from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare. I'm Trey Dobson. Go out and find joy in everything you do, even in the face of adversity. And we will see you next time. Mm -hmm.